720 WGN, as promised, we bring in WGN reporter, NBC Sports Chicago, our Bears guy, White Sox 2, Adam Hogue with us. Uh, hey, Adam, there's breaking news at WGN Radio. I don't mean to alarm you. but okay. So we have these beautiful studios here, and across the way is the Swiss Hotel. And sometimes, and the Swiss Hotel is a great hotel. They've got beautiful blinds that you can use to close the door and the windows and all that. <laughs> but sometimes they don't do that. And apparently yesterday during the Ro Khan show, there was a major scene that uh, we really shouldn't speak about, but I'm br- bringing it up anyway uh, on this radio program. Your thoughts on... Did you ever see anything across the way at the hotel while you were here? Because I've never seen it, and I feel kind of like disappointed that I and and proud at the same time that I was not here. <laughs> what do you think of this? Well, I, I'm guessing the scene you're talking about is. Um, I, I, I'm guessing we're on the same page with what that scene was. Adult entertainment, X-rated. Yeah, um, I can't say I've ever seen that before. However, I, I have made that observation that actually on both sides of the building, because we do have such beautiful studios that actually wrap around the entire floor, so you get multiple views of the river, and you got the other side with the river, the lake. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah. But you do see buildings on both sides, too, that are pretty much at the same level you're at. And uh, I think on the other side are actually some condominiums. So you got people living their life there, and yeah. uh, I'm just thankful that I, you know, have not seen anything like that. But I, I you know, just as a, a PSA to the people out there, um, blinds, curtains, uh, very effective, <laughs> right? I mean, you would think that in a hotel, in a in a high rise situation, you would take care of the proper procedures, but. In this particular case, I do wonder if they were actually trying to show off to WGN. I have that in, in my mind. Jordan, do you have any thoughts on <laughs> so this? They, so they know where WGN is so that they can see. I'm just wondering if they just don't understand the properties of a window. See, a window is transparent. You can see in from both sides. I think people in hotel rooms, for whatever reason, just have this belief that I'm in this hotel room and I can see the view, but no one can see a view. Living of me. your life. Yeah. And Carm, you know, to to give you a, just an outstanding segue here. Yeah. Um, when I'm at the uh, the gorgeous Fairfield Inn in, in Bourbon A, uh, <laughs> Illinois, uh, you know, there's only three floors, and I'm a high floor guy. But when you're in a place like that, you know, sometimes you put on the, the first floor right next to the parking lot, and you, you learn very quickly how valuable the blinds can be, and. <laughs> Right. And the curtains, yes. um, as you're trying to cover Bears training camp, which, of course, this year uh, would not have been doing in Bourbon A anyway because they were already moving training camp to Lake Forest. But, uh, you know, even if they hadn't been doing that, training camps are at the team facilities this year for all 32 teams. See, it's a great transition that you just set this up. This is why he's a professional. But I, I, I actually <laughs> I, I want to segue before we get into the Bears. And I, I, I need to get your reaction to Jay Cutler. Yeah. Whatever Jay Cutler is doing in Nashville, staying up all night, getting night vision goggles as he's trying to figure out who killed his, his, his chickens. And 
Apparently, he thinks there's a Sasquatch now that is around, which is an amazing thought that Cutler's like traipsing through the the woods in Nashville looking for a Sasquatch. Uh, I mean, this is great entertainment, but has Jay, I don't know, lost it here, Adam? What do you think? So, I have the ability to turn this into a much bigger Jay Cutler conversation, um, which I am about to do. Uh Here's the thing about Jay that I always appreciated, but and, and it was sometimes frustrate me. But I also understood it why you know some of the fans you just you get on about his attitude and all that. And I get it. You know, Jay is not the nicest human being, but Jay Cutler is Jay Cutler. Like he's always been this guy, and he has always had. He's always been a funny guy. Okay, he has a awesome dry sense of humor to him that is also kind of abrasive, if you know what I mean. So I do. Unfortunately <laughs> he didn't he never really opened up a ton, even to us reporters at Howell Hall. Like I can't I can't remember a single time that I ever like stopped in the hallway and had a conversation with Jay Cutler. Like that just didn't happen with him. And he wasn't even usually in the locker room when the media was in there. You know, you got your 15 minutes a week or whatever it was in the press conference. Um, but then during the week, you never saw him in the locker room except for a quick, you know, pass by or something like that. But so I wish he had shown a little bit more of this publicly because when he would show off that, that sarcasm and it's just dry wit, it would oftentimes be, you know, just in passing in his press conferences. And, you know, us reporters, we tend to take things and be a little sensitive sometimes. So it almost came across as like an insult rather than just like, hey, this is actually Jay Cutler's funny. So if you ever watched any of the reality show, Very Cavalry, uh, which, by the way, was a horrendous show. <laughs> I was it, it really that bad? I thought it was great. I, I know you well, were no, watching why, it, right? Yes, I was, because first of all, my wife loved it. But <laughs> when I say it's horrendous, the Jay Cutler show within the show was amazing. Like I would give the Jay Cutler show within the show an A plus, like right up there with breaking bad. Uh, wow. Bloodline is another great show out there. You know, and be, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here a little bit for effect, but uh, the rest of it was, man, when they got into Kristen Cavallari and her friends and her business, and it's just like, Holy. So when I found out about the divorce, of course, selfishly, I was bummed because I'm like, if this show continues, I'm not going to watch it because Jay's not going to be on it. Um, so the birth of the Jay Cutler Instagram, which this account's always existed, but I'm pretty sure Kristen always ran it and took photos of him, and he has now taken it over. This whole storyline this week with the chickens and the murder investigation, and it did take a weird turn the other day where now they're, like, raffling off guns or whatever they're doing. Um not a huge fan of that part, but the rest of it, I mean, this has been phenomenal entertainment. Yeah, I mean, uh, Thelma the Cat with the Loose Morals, I thought that was a great hook into the show. But I, I will <laughs> say this, that uh, I think Jay, to your point, Adam, is angling for his own show because now that he's divorced, he can't be on Very Cavallari, so yeah. he wants his own show. And so, like many influencers of social media, He's creating an Instagram show that he hopes gets picked up as a real show. That's what I think is happening. Here. You don't think he's just bored? I think he's straight bored. Yeah, but no, if, I think even if he, he is, is bored, bored, this is his next career move. Okay. 
But even on the show, he was bored all the time. That's true. Because they had a rule where they wouldn't show their kids. So you never, that was actually one thing I didn't, I mean, I understand why they don't want to show their kids. I, I get that part. But, like, you never got to see Jay Cutler, the dad, which I would have liked to have seen. But so all the scenes with Jay were basically him just, like, being retired and bored and having nothing to do, which was partly why this was so entertaining. Um, I, let me ask you guys this, because I wrote a controversial column a couple years ago when he first signed on and was supposed to be with Fox to, to call games. Uh, and then, of course, that fell through because he went to go play back with the Miami Dolphins. Unfortunately, this hasn't happened since. But I wrote the column at the time. I said, Jay is going to be great. He's smart. He knows football. And when he wants to actually communicate with a microphone in front of him, he can be funny and insightful and good. And I still believe that if he joined a, a booth, he would be good. What do you guys think? I would have argued with you at the time, but... Right now, this very moment, I agree with you. Yeah, I- <laughs> well, I, I do think he'd be good. The one thing I would say is that he'd have to sort of like pick a lane, right? He either has to be like the short, funny, quip guy, or he's going to have to be the breakdown football guy. Like, I don't see him being a great breakdown football guy, but I think that if he were like a third part of the booth and didn't have to say a whole lot but just made like funny observations, that would be really good. Football Dennis Miller. Yeah. Basically, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if you actually put him in the two-seat, if you would work at it and try to be good. The answer to that in my mind is probably not. He'd get bored after, like, week three, and that would be the end of that one. Uh, by the way, Adam Hogue is with us here, 720 WGN. Mark Harmon, Jordan Burnfield, till 10 o'clock tonight. So, hey, real quick football-wise here, the, the NFL cancels the Hall of Fame game which was going to be the Cowboys and the Steelers on August the 6th. I'm assuming we're – do you think we're going to have any preseason games, Adam Hogue? I'm skeptical. Um, you know, here's here's a reason. Like, they canceled the Bears. The Bears were one of many teams that were supposed to go practice against another team. Uh, they were going to be in Denver practicing against the Broncos for a few days before they played the Broncos in the preseason. Now, that game is still scheduled, but – they canceled the practices, and this was like a month ago. Um, what's the difference? I agree. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're still on the field. You're still tackling guys. You're in their face. Um, okay, so maybe it's only one day instead of three days, but it's still within the same week. Anybody who's testing positive who could t- potentially be out there, I mean, so that's what I'm struggling with. Um, you know, football more so than any other sport. Uh, you got close contact, and I, you know, compared to baseball. Now, basketball obviously a lot of close contact, but there's less players on the field. There's less people around. Football sidelines are huge. There's so many people around. There's trainers, doctors, ball boys, chain gang. And I actually heard this week from a source that the NFL actually is kind of reaching this realization point. Understanding more so than anything else the costs of what this testing is going to look like to test the, the amount of people that are involved, even in one football practice. Like if any of our listeners that have ever been out to a Bears practice in Bourbon A, you see all the people on the field that are involved. You know, first of all, there's 90 players at that point. When these guys get to camp in a month from now, there's just 90 players. Just let's start with that number, then all the support staff around. You're talking about testing these people every two days. 
get, getting the instant results instead of some of these tests that take like four or five days or whatever it is, the costs are going to be huge. And that's all being factored into all this. And then I, I am still very, very skeptical, like I am with actually all these sports right now, how smoothly it's going to go. Well, to your point, Adam, and I think it's a great one. The other thing that we've seen, at least to this point, is that for the colleges where they have had football players working out at facilities, like I'm looking at the numbers at Clemson, and they've got, I think, over 30 players now have tested positive for COVID. And so wouldn't the NFL have to get to a point at some point soon where they have to decide like how many is too many. And then if, if you have a team where, and I think this is probably realistic, let's say 25 players end up with COVID. Do they, and it's not like there's a minor league system. I don't know where they're going to get players to replace the players that would be, I mean, I think that a lot of the conventional wisdom has been, oh, well, if this player or that player tests positive, they'd sit out for a couple of weeks. But it is possible, given how close they all are, and like you said, there's so many people involved in all these workouts and practices and games, that you could have you know, 20 players all test positive at the same time. So then what are they going to do, right? It just seems like, logistically, I, I really, I'm not saying that they can't, do it, but I, I really feel like it's a lot harder than people think. And I think the, the only solution, and this almost actually, the, the ironic thing about taking training camp out of Bourbonnais is you're on a campus there. And theoretically, if you took all the outsiders out of there um, in limited access, so no fans, nothing like that, and you made the you took away the players' ability to leave and like run the Jimmy Johns, which sometimes they do. You know they're allowed to leave when they're you know they have free time and they're allowed to leave. But if you change that to, just for this year to say, hey, look, we're kind of locking down this campus. Okay, so you test everybody coming in and nobody's allowed to leave. Okay, well then in that world, I think you could probably successfully run the training camp uh, and, and not get the players sick. But that's not how it's going to be once the season starts because people want to live in their houses and they, right. they want to be able to, to go out to dinner with their, their family. And nope. um, I get all that. So there's, there's just so many challenges. Which is why I think baseball has a better shot at this, by the way. Listen, it's two months. Don't do anything. You understand? Yeah. If you want to, you, you can't, if your family wants to come, great, I guess, but we I'd actually prefer that they didn't. I know that's super harsh, but no family, two months, you're on you're on assignment and let's try to get through this. The NFL's got an enormous challenge against him. I uh before you go Adam and we're up against the clock here, but uh, your any any thoughts on that with baseball and and the White Sox? I don't know. I, I, we played a bunch of sound tonight. Those guys are confident they're going to be in a great position this year. I I think that's a realistic take. Well, well, quickly on that um, I agree that, that even when we were talking in March, we, we were talking about how strong they could get by July, August. You know, with getting Michael Kopech out there, Carlos Rodon potentially coming back. Uh, now, part of that equation was okay. You're going to build in some time for Luis Robert to acclimate, and now he's still got to do that. Same thing if Nick Madrigal was going to sit out the first couple months down in AAA. You know, does he come up, and then he's probably bad. So we cre- we created these scenarios where the White Sox would be a strong team by August. Some of those still apply. Some of them don't. But I do agree that in a shortened season, um, anything can happen. You know, I, uh, Joe Sheehan had a great thing 
the other day pointing out that like even the Marlins played 500 baseball at one point last year over a 60-game stretch. So right. some team like that could do that and make the playoffs. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. Adam Hoke, stay safe out there, my friend. Thanks for being on tonight. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, absolutely, guys. See you.